This evening we're looking at there's no limit to the law. There's no limit to the law, but we need faith before the law can work in our favor. We need faith. Faith is what we need. So this evening we're going to define spirit a little bit and we're going to look at faith and vitalizing faith. In essence, energizing our faith. Today we're looking for three readers. The first reader is Galatians 3, 11 to 15. The second reader is Galatians 3, 16 to 21. And the third reader is Galatians 3, 22 to 29. All right, so let me just give a little preamble. The definition of spirit is life or intelligence conceived of entirely apart from physical embodiment. Hear me? Hear me? Understand me? Understand me very well. The definition of spirit is life or intelligence conceived of entirely apart from physical embodiment. God is spirit. It has nothing to do with God is spirit. Conceived of entirely apart from physical embodiment. It is vital essence. It is vital essence. It is a force. It is energy and as distinct from matter. It is distinct from matter. When you're thinking about spirit, the definition of a spirit is life or intelligence conceived of entirely apart from physical embodiment. It is vital essence. You need it to survive. It is vital essence. It is a force. It is an energy. And it is distinct from matter. Probably the definition of God as spirit is more easily understood more readily accepted than any other term used in describing deity. So when we talk about spirit and I talk about it as an intelligence force, maybe you can't get it. But when we talk about spirit, the definition of God as spirit, I I think it's more easily understood, more readily accepted than any other term used in describing deity. Jesus, in talking with the woman of Samaria, explained. This is how Jesus explained it. He said, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Remember the scripture when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well at Samaria? He explained that God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The nature of being is a unity with three distinct attributes. Spirit, soul, and body. So we must, these three attributes is the nature of being, the nature of life, the nature of existence is these three attributes, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit 
is the active and self-conscious principle. Let me put it like that. Spirit is the active and self-conscious principle. Without spirit, there's no life. Spirit is first cause of God. That's the God in you. That's the life in you. That's intelligence in you. The absolute essence of all that is. So spirit is the active and self-conscious principle. Spirit is first cause of God. The absolute essence of all that is. It is the great or universal I am. Spirit is conscious mind and is the power which knows itself. It is conscious being. The spirit is self-propelling. It is absolute and all. It is self-existent and has all life within itself. It is the word and the word is volition. It has choice because it is volition. It is will because it chooses. It is free spirit because it knows nothing outside itself and therefore nothing different from itself. Volition, you could say, means choice, desire, will, decisions, preference, and all of this, the word, the word, the word. The spirit is self-propelling. It is absolute and all. It is self-existent and has all life within itself. It is the word. And the word is choice. The word is desire. The word is will. The word is decision. The word is preference. It is the word. Remember First John. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. All right. Let's go to the scriptures. That's my preamble. Let's go to the scriptures. And then we will come back. And see if we could lay a, a foundation of spirit. And then we go to faith. All right. So we'll start with first reader. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or added thereto. Here ends it reading. Amen. To God we give the glory. Amen. Next reader. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. 
And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effort. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then served the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Amen, amen, amen. I hope you guys listen. Amen. Next reader. But the scripture concluded in the sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith which should be revealed. Where the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God in Christ Jesus. For as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye a seed and is according to the promise. Here ended the portion of reading. Amen. Now, Spirit is the Father, Mother, God. Because it is the principle of unity back of all things. Remember, you cannot create anything unless it first created in intelligence, unless it first created in God. So spirit is the mother, father, God, because it is the principle of unity back of all things. The masculine and the feminine principle both come from the one spirit in all life. Truth and love being cause and effect. Hear me. Understand me. You guys uh, uh, have graduated and you're moving up. You've got to understand this. Because if you want a greater God to use you in a more effective way, if you want God to use you more than he is already, you have to broaden your mind. So, spirit 
is the Father, Mother, God. Because it is the principle of unity back of all things. Don't think, don't think, uh, uh, picking up on your thoughts. Don't think about good or bad or nothing. Just think neutral. Because remember, the electricity that, that burned down our house is the same electricity that cook your food for you to eat. So I want you to think, think like that for a minute. Neutral. No, don't think about whether it's good or it's bad. It just is. So spirit is the father, mother, God, because it is the principle of unity back of all things. The masculine and the feminine principles both come from the one. Spirit is all life. Spirit is all truth. Spirit is all love. Spirit is all being. Spirit is all cause and effect. It is the only power in the universe that knows itself. God is the only power in the universe that knows itself. The spirit could know nothing outside of itself. That would be God and something else. So if if God have to know something outside of itself, we will have God and something else. And we don't have no God and something else. We have one spirit. We have one God. So the spirit could know nothing outside of itself before, because that would be God and something else. Spirit is all the center and the circumference of everything that exists. Spirit is all, all, A-L-L, all. The center and the circumference of everything that exists, both manifest and unmanifest. It has no enemies, no differences, no otherness, no apartness, no separation from itself. It is undivided, clean, complete, and perfect within itself, having no opposites and no opposition. It knows only its own ability. And since it is all, it cannot be hindered in any way, shape, or manner. It is impossible for a finite mind to comprehend such a complete life and power. In moments of real inspiration, we realize to a degree at least that God is all. That which has within itself all that really is. The life in everything and the love through everything. The one presence and the one infinite person whom we call God or spirit. Within this one all live. Hear me? Within this one all of us live. Right? Now, creation, we know that spirit is changeless. God is the same yesterday, today, or tomorrow. I was going to touch on the nature, but I touched on that already last week. So I want to move forward here. So creation does not mean making something out of nothing. Creation is the passing of spirit into form. Could, could you get me? We know that God is the cause. Everything comes from that from God. Everything comes from that infinite spirit. Everything comes from that supreme being, that supreme intelligence. Everything starts there. 
That is the cause. Creation does not mean making something out of nothing. Creation is the passing of spirit into form. It's eternally going on. It's going on all the time. It never stops. Spirit cannot change for being all. There is nothing for it to change into. This is self-evident. Spirit doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, or tomorrow. It is necessary for us to understand that the only active principle is spirit. Self-conscious, self-knowing life. And that all else is subject to its will. The spirit is conscious of its own thought, its own desire, its own manifest action. And it is conscious that its desire is satisfied. Consequently, it is conscious of that which it manifests. But hear me somebody. See if you can get it. Spirit, I'm telling you that spirit is conscious of what it manifests. However, it is not conscious of any effort or process in the manifestation. You hear me, somebody? The, the scripture tells you that. He, 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 Isaiah tells you, and I think it's Isaiah 55, it tells you from the beginning, it, it, it shows you the beginning and the end you know the, he, he takes the end and he brings it into the beginning so he show you what is to come he show you what you're going to achieve he take the ending and he bring it to the beginning so you know what you're, where you're going you know what it is you're supposed to come but what you don't know is the, is the, is the effort or process in that manifestation he shows you the house, he shows you the marriage, he shows you this. But the process and the effort, he doesn't show you that. So, the spirit is conscious of its own thought, its own desire, its own manifest action. And is conscious that its desire is satisfied. Consequently, it is conscious of that which it manifests. But it is not conscious of any effort or process in its manifestation. So, all the ideas, all the concepts that you dreaming up, it already exists, waiting for you to experience it. So, waiting for you to to recognize it, it's already there. If it wasn't there, you couldn't have an idea about it. You can visualize it. You could see it. So the mere fact that you have this idea, the mere fact that you have these thoughts, the mere fact that you have these desires inside of you, mean that it already exists. You take the end and you bring it to the beginning. Now the process that you're going through in its manifestation, he's not aware of that. He already gave it to you. He's satisfied. It is necessary that soul and body should exist because spirit without manifestation would construct only a dream world. Are you hearing me? Never come into self-realization. So it is necessary 
that soul and body should exist because spirit without manifestation would construct only a dream world never coming to self-realization in order to express there must be a medium through which spirit manifests and there must be manifestations hence soul and body the teaching of the great thinkers of all time is that we live in a threefold universe of spirit soul and body this is what it this is what the our forefathers believe we live in a threefold universe of spirit soul and body in essence intelligence substance and form intelligence substance and form we live in in a in a threefold universe of spirit soul and body or we could say intelligence substance and form god the self existent first cause because you can't create anything unless it was first form in intelligence unless it first had an idea or concept of intelligence somewhere whether you consciously or unconsciously so god the self existent first cause speaks and it is done his word is law god is word god is law god is spirit spirit knows itself the law is the servant of the spirit and is set in motion through its word all law is some form of universal force or energy law does not know itself law knows only to do it is the medium through which spirit operates to fulfill its purpose electricity doesn't know the difference from that he burned up a house or he cooking dinner or he lighting a fire to warm your whole body same electricity same fire same fire so all law is some form of universal force or energy law does not know itself law knows only to do it is the medium through which the spirit operates to fulfill its purpose did god make law it is impossible to think of a time when law did not operate it is impossible to conceive that it was ever created therefore law must be coexistent and co-eternal with spirit a part of the causeless nature of the divine reality the spirit operates through law which is some part of its own nature therefore all action must be some action of spirit as law 
get me somebody. The word of spirit moves through the law and since the law must be as timeless as the spirit we could not think of a time when the law was not or a time when it would cease to be neither can we imagine the law ever failing to operate once it is set in motion we have then an infinite spirit and an infinite law intelligence and the way it works god working through law which is unfailing and certain creation is the activity of god the activity of spirit the passing of substance into form through a law which is set in motion by the word of spirit spirit is the same yesterday today and forever so our thought cannot picture a time when the activity of spirit will cease we must however have faith in order to have faith we must have a conviction that all is well hear me in order to have faith we must have a strong conviction that all is well in order to keep faith we must allow nothing to enter our thought which will weaken this conviction faith is built up from belief acceptance and trust whenever anything enters our thought which destroys in any degree one of these attitudes to that extent faith is weakened our mind must be steady in its conviction that our life is some part of god and that the spirit is incarnated in us affirmations and denials are for the purpose of vitalizing faith or energizing faith that's what the affirmation does is is to energize your faith for the purpose of converting thought to a belief in things spiritual the foundation to help someone in a healing process especially when you're praying for them is is to think of perfect god perfect man perfect being you have to see them as god sees them thought must be organized to fit this premise and conclusion must be built on this premise we must keep our faith vital if we hope to successfully treat for ourselves or others now all science all science are built upon faith principles all science all principles are invisible 
and all laws accepted on faith. No man has seen God at any time, nor has he seen goodness, truth, or beauty. But who can doubt their existence? Not only must we have complete faith in spirit and its ability to know and to do, but we must have complete confidence in our approach to it. We must not be lukewarm in our conviction. We must know that we know. We are to demonstrate that spiritual force has power over all apparent material resistance. And this cannot be done unless we have abounding confidence in this principle which we approach. We must have confidence in God. Pure faith is a spiritual conviction. It is the acquiescence of the mind, the embodiment of an idea, the acceptance of a concept. If we believe that the spirit incarnated in us can demonstrate shall we be disturbed at what appears to contradict this if we sh you know if our faith is so strong that we believe that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us Whatever it is that seems to be disturbing us on the outside should should have no bearing at all if we stand in on that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead if we stand in on that same spirit dwells in us we shall often need to know that the truth which we announce is superior to the condition to the charge the truth that is in us is superior to any outside condition. In other words, if we are speaking from the standpoint of the spirit, there can be no opposition to it. I started off in the beginning telling you that. So if you stand in on the spirit, the indwelling Christ, there is no opposition to it. So whatever it is outside of you is an illusion. It is only when we let go of all human will and recognize the pure essence of the spirit, of the spiritual principle incarnated in us, that thought rises above a belief in duality. When you recognize that spiritual principle that is incarnated in you, then your thought will rise above a belief in duality. We should constantly vitalize our faith by the knowledge that the eternal is incarnated in us. God is incarnated in us. Just remember the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you that God himself go forth anew into creation through each one of us God himself go forth a new creation 
into each one of us and that in such degree as we speak the truth the almighty has spoken amen 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 i'm going to stop there for tonight